Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to achieve small business growth during a global pandemic. We have another one of those fun, creative-type interviews for today. The entertainment industry has been hit extremely hard. Everybody knows this. New content's not coming out. And if it is, it's mostly independent-type people like myself or other YouTubers or smaller things. Big production has been at a, you know, a standstill, essentially. So today I'm bringing a friend of mine in. I'm bringing in Todd Seligman to discuss really how hard the entertainment industry has been hit. Him and his wife are small business owners and they got this amazing technology that will change how you watch content. Well, I guess it really goes to how a director or producer will produce the content. And it's really gnarly tech. But his company has pretty much went to a standstill and it stalled because all the investors he had lined up disappeared. Why? Well, a couple reasons. If you look at the state of the U.S. right now, we have civil unrest. There's a presidential election. And most notably, we're still in a dang global pandemic. Businesses and investors are being conservative. They're not throwing out cash like they used to. Mix that with most content that's being produced is doing it at a crawling speed because of everything that's going on. And it's not good for that industry as a whole. Remember, when we talk entertainment, Hollywood, all that fun stuff, it's not just these mega international corporations. There's a lot of mom and pop shops in the entertainment business. Todd's business is one of those. So like I was saying, though, this is going to be one of those fun, all-over-the-place type interviews where we discuss many, many topics. Todd Seligman is a producer is a producer for TV, movies, virtual reality, and augmented reality. He is focused on bringing the production paradigm into the 21st century by developing volumetric video production tools and techniques that will be the new platform for all media. He also loves to drink great wine, ride BMX, and weld. Yes, (laughs) I said that correctly. Weld. <laughs> uh, so without further delay, let's bring Todd on in here. Creative and innovation tips. Hi, Todd. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here. Thanks for coming. Hey, David. It's great to see you. Um, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. It's It's been a long time since we've seen each other, but finally, here we are, video chat, uh, about to do this awesome podcast episode. So, obviously, I know who you are, but our first question for every single guest on this show is tell our listeners, tell our viewers out there, who are you? What's your background? What's your experience? I'm Todd Seligman. I'm a producer and technologist in the entertainment technology space. 
Uh, I kind of came here in a roundabout way that includes uh, being a professional BMX freestyle rider. And so there there are a lot of uh, interesting twists and turns to how I got to where I am and, and what I do today. That's something that we've actually highlighted many times on this show, the career transformation that individuals have taken. Why did you switch from being a superstar BMX rider to production? <laughs> um, well, you know, it's funny. It's like I never really planned on being, you know, make it a career out of BMX. I loved it and I was good enough at it that I kept winning contests and being asked to do shows and performances and stuff. So I paid my way through college riding my bike. I'd cram my wow. classes in, into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'd be on a plane Thursday night or Friday morning and I'd fly off and be a BMX rider for the weekend and, and go back. And then every summer I was on tour and everything doing, doing shows all over the world. So yeah, so I kind of muddled through that way. Um, and, uh, had kind of the best of both but you 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 never wanted to make that an actual career you just viewed viewed that as a means of getting by (laughs) well it wasn't exactly a means of getting by but uh, sort of in hindsight it it feels like that um so you have to realize when i first turned pro in 1990 it was before x games before extreme sports got huge i think the first pro contest i ever won I think I won five hundred dollars, and wow. uh, and so it wasn't. Times much have of a changed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So it wasn't much of a living, and uh, and so like I said, I paid my way through college, and when I got out of college, um, I had a really interesting opportunity to come. I got a grant from the Smithsonian to come to Los Angeles and do this wow. year long uh, intensive that was going to be the future of. Uh, installations for art galleries and museums and, and that kind of stuff. And it was, I was using all this, you know, then next generation technology. And uh, and it just so happened Los Angeles was the center of the, you know, extreme sports world or, or Southern California was the center of the extreme sports world. Right. Southern California was the center of the extreme <laughs> sports world. And, uh, and so I got to continue doing both things that I really love. Right. And I thought that I'd do that for a year or so and just, you know, get to travel on somebody else's dime, basically. And uh, and extreme sports just kept getting bigger and bigger and they kept paying me more money. And, and I got to travel more and meet <sighs> more interesting and famous people. And and so it just kind of every year I kind of thought it was going to be my last year after college. Right. And it kept going for another decade. Right, right. No, that that's great. So when did you actually have that divide when you went? Um, oh, gosh. It wasn't like a clean break. Um, and when I say clean break, it's no pun intended. I, I did have <laughs> several injuries in a row. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, you know, as you know, I was in my 30s then. And as you get older, you know, your body just heals fast. And I had to have these surgeries and you'd recover from them. And then you come back and maybe you injure yourself again or whatever. And, and, and so there was, there was like a year or two where it was a lot of that. And right. I just, I just started getting more, more involved in the, in the entertainment side of things. And, uh, and so there was a certain point where I kind of had a choice. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the mega ramps, giant ramp, they have an X games and everything. And it's, it's okay. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. I did not yeah. know the name. Yeah. You start off like a hundred feet in the air and you come down this big ramp to get speed, oh, jump yeah. over a, a 70 foot gap. And then you land from that and you, and you go off another 25 foot tall ramp straight up into the air and everything. And, and, uh, and so I kind of found myself in a weird place where I was riding fun, coming back from these injuries, making a living um, then as an editor uh, right. for, for uh, movie trailers mostly, commercials, movie trailers. And uh, 
and I thought, oh, I'm going to be a mega ramp rider. I'm just going to come back and ride mega ramp. And I, I loved it. And so I started training on that with all these amazing, you know, top pros in the world and everything. And it, and it was just like taking everything. It was like level up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so so I thought I was going to make a little comeback doing that. And then it was funny. It was just like uh, there's this one day where I was out riding. I didn't crash. I just went really high and kind of drifted. Wind blew weird or I drifted out yeah. and I landed super low. And so it was I probably dropped like 40 feet or so it oh, wow. <laughs> landed and the impact so hard like every joint in my body felt it and like you know like my internal organs were charred uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and 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 you were over 30 at that point and yeah i was probably I think, 33 or 34 at that point yeah it, it's surprising <laughs> what once you hit 30 mark what hurts you that did not hurt you five ten years ago oh yeah like like i said i didn't even crash but i just felt like impact of that and and it just like something clicked in my head and I was like what am I doing I've got like a whole career in front of me and uh oh and, and you know what there was one other catalyst to it and uh where, where that happened that kind of clicked in my head but I was like you know what maybe I, maybe I just need to go and train really hard and focus on this and so uh I was actually in Greenville, North Carolina. Um, at that time, I was running a daily, mm-hmm. uh, running the BMX portion of a daily one-hour TV show called Blue Torch TV. Okay, and it was all on extreme sports, and so you know, perfect marriage of my two worlds. And uh, I was interviewing Dave Mira. He's an old friend of mine, and he, he was just yeah. like an awesome guy. And Dave's like, he's like, look, I. If you want to make a comeback, move to North Carolina. You can come live with me. You'll train with me in six months. I'll have you in, you know, the top 10 at X Games and you'll be killing it. He's like, but if I were you, I would just go do this TV and movie stuff. He's like, you, yeah. you like it, right? I'm like, yeah, I love it. It's great. And, and he's like, yeah. He goes, I wish I had something like that to go into. And, uh, <laughs> and and he's like, if I was you, I'd focus on that. He's like, you've got a whole career ahead of yourself there. He's like, why do you want to go backwards and go do all the all the extreme sports stuff? You've done that. And yeah. and I, and yeah, it was just like between that and that one time riding the mega ramp, I was just like, you know what? Dave's right. It's time. And so uh, so. I basically just kind of maybe I gotta get I I gotta get some old footage of you and just insert the (laughs) clip playing over while you're talking that would be great for this interview oh totally I can can find some clips oh yeah send me a clip or two and I'll I'll figure out some way to throw it up here on the screen while we're talking so that they could see some of your uh, highlights (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome so I've got to ask this question because you do work TV movies and some of our biggest episodes have been from the entertainment industry between William Hung, Brian Vanderark, the Verb Pipe. We've had uh, Jenny Mann, the lead singer at Blame Ship, and she owns my remember my bracelets I used to have in uh, LA. She is the maker of the bracelets. The oh, cool. Awesome jewelry string company called Strug. We're gonna have Jack Douglas on the keyboardist for Aerosmith. So. I have to ask entertainment people some entertainment questions. What's what's the sure. biggest TV show or movie that you've worked on to some degree? Well, I don't, well that that show it, it, I think there's different ways of looking at it. So yeah. so that show Blue Torch, like I said, that was daily, one hour a day, five days a week. I mean, it was right. it was a serious show. So that was a lot of work. Right. Um, and then uh, I worked at a place called Mandalay Entertainment for a while. Um, and, uh, and there I wasn't directly involved with the, with the, the movies, but I did, I did a lot of, uh, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes, like, uh, wor- you know, work fixing their trailers or putting together mm-hmm. like, a short reel or whatever, um, for, uh, 
the Angelina Jolie, uh, Beyond Borders, and uh, okay, oh, and and oh, and this oh, and the Matthew Perry movie, uh, Serving Sarah, which is a terrible okay. movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I, I don't necessarily recommend it. There's some funny stories with that one. Um, and so and so anyway, uh, oh, and, and then when I was in it. When I was editing before I became a producer, I uh, I did the uh, all the trailers and all the reels for Starship Troopers and wow. uh, and a couple of this the reels for Space Jam and Rob Roy Space stuff like Jam. That. That's a that's a real classic one right there. It's a Bugs Buddy, Michael Jordan. That hey, that was one of the, the first. I mean, I'm a '90s kid essentially. Grew up mostly. I mean, that was a really awesome movie for me at the time you know uh mixed media with real life mixed with the cartoons and michael jordan was pretty darn hot at the moment you know he was like the biggest player out there so that was pretty cool uh pivoting right now then into you know right now we're going through a global pandemic this darn coronavirus bug does not want to wait, let up <laughs> wait, wait wait what's that you said we're going through a what a global pandemic. Ah, yeah. I haven't heard about that. You oh, haven't that. heard about it yet. No, exactly. you have to tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could tell you plenty of stories. But how has that hurt or helped your industry? I mean, how are you handling production because of that? Well, it's completely brought our industry to a halt for 99% of the production. Right. Um, you know, th things like animation and, and, uh, and special effects driven projects, uh, they, they figured out how to do some cool things like Mandalorian is still in production because they, right. they shoot using a, a virtual production technique that's similar to what we've been developing. Wow. So and, the Mandalorian, uh, does that mean that season two is not going to be delayed? We think <laughs> I'm hoping it, it shouldn't be delayed. It shouldn't be delayed too much. I know that they've been in production on it and everything um, through, uh, through COVID. Great. So yeah. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. One too. It, it's a great show. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised. You know, I didn't pick it up to about week three or four until I kept hearing Mandalorian. I'm like, what is it? And then I finally checked it out and I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. This is what I needed in my life. Baby Yoda all the way. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. You can't get enough of Baby Yoda. It's like it's like one of the most genius uh, um, devolution of a character, you know, I think anybody's ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I was surprised that they didn't have the toys and stuff like that ready by the time the show came out because Baby Yoda was a big hit and there wasn't a lot yeah. of merchandise at the time. No, I think it was, I think it was sort of an accidental hit. I, I think they I I think Mandalorian was like an you know, an anchor for uh Disney Plus, but they really didn't right. know how well Disney Plus was gonna do. So mm -hmm. um you, you know, and and of course the pandemic <laughs> kinda yeah, blew it uh, up. People yeah, didn't have much other things to watch. It was the Mandalorian and Tiger King. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I, I, I found I couldn't watch Tiger King. I, I watched I watched one episode of it and I was just like, you know what? This is like a this is like a weird homoerotic redneck car crash in slow motion. <laughs> I just really don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty pretty intense. And I think that's also why it grabbed so much attention. So you own your own production company right now, correct? Yeah, yeah, Tiger Pig Entertainment, and uh, and it's sort of 
on hiatus right now because of the pandemic. Um, we were we we're in the middle of doing some fundraising to sort of uh, evolve it into equal part production company and technology studio. Mm-hmm. And because we were working with this new technology for production called volumetric production, which is okay. uh, which would be great if we had it up and running for a pandemic because it's super social distancing, you know, uh, centric. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it's one of those things where we're dealing with a lot of private equity companies and, you know, independent investors and stuff like that. And so, like, the pandemic hit and everybody's, like, put the brakes on. And Everybody's we're still, nervous. Even if yeah, you are in good financial sense, uh, people are nervous to spend because not only they didn't know how this pandemic was going to, but you do have the uncertainty of an election that's coming up. And there's a lot of things that are driving uncertainty to where even people that are well-funded, they're like, okay, like with Vision 33, we get people that it's like, yes, we want to buy your SAP Business One solution, but it won't be till next year. We need to see right. where everything goes. Is, are yep. you getting that then with that? Yeah, we, well, we've got a lot of interest mm-hmm. and and we get right up to that point where it's like the talks, you know, get serious and, and there's interest and they want to know kind of how we're going to, uh, you know, uh, you know, unroll the, the, the whole thing, the technology mm-hmm. and, and the process and and, uh, you know, you know what our what our plan is. And then. It just gets it just slows down to like a snail's pace, and 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 it's funny because they're still there. We're still talking to them. They still appear to be very interested, but the money hasn't shown up yet. And, right? They're and so, shy. I mean, that that's yeah. what it comes down to. I think just people are nervous. They're waiting to see where things go between everything that's mm-hmm. cooking in the pot. I mean, that's one weird thing about our country there's a lot of things going on right now and it does have an impact on business unfortunately mm-hmm. um, so let's take a step back though the technology that you just mentioned i have no mm-hmm. idea what it is and i'm sure <laughs> a lot of our listeners don't know what it is but probably would like to can you explain what it is please so the easiest way to explain it is it's uh Capturing uh, live action, the real world, um, in, in a way that allows you to um, capture everything three-dimensionally. Um, okay. Photorealistically, three-dimensionally, basically infinite resolution. Um, and uh, and once, we, once we do that, we can edit the whole thing in what's essentially a game engine. Right. And right, so you, right. you pick all your... You pick your camera, you pick your lenses, you pick your lighting, you know, day or night, you pick all that stuff in post-production basically. Wow. So, so what's really great is directors, it, they have to kind of unlearn like the way that they've done things for, you know, their entire career. But once they get into it, they realize that they can just focus on the performance. They don't Mm -hmm. need to you know, make all the, all those other decisions don't need to be final. They can, they can kind of figure it out. They can preview, you know, how it's going to look and they can do it. And, you know, you can, you can kind of preview the stuff however you want. You can put on virtual reality goggles as a director or a producer, and you can like literally be in the scene. You can be like right up next to the actor, like look at, looking at the glimmer in their eye or whatever if you want. And, and it's all virtual, you know, you're not really there. And so you can get exactly what you want out, out of your performance. And so in that regard, it's like, I mean, it, it just opens up 
Pandora's box as far as you know, what's possible. But the beauty of producing stuff this way is it's not just for TV and film, even though it's great for mm-hmm. those. Um, using the same content, the same assets that you're shooting, you can shoot TV, you can shoot film, you can shoot uh, video games, right? virtual reality. When you were reality. saying that, what was running through my head was something like Madden football. Where yeah, totally. They're scanning a lot of the big players. They get the realistic looks into the game and stuff like that. So that's kind of what you're, you're like. Uh, that would that be an applicable use of it? Kind of, kind of. But but instead of just scanning the player, you're actually mm-hmm. filming them do this. So just to back up a little bit, uh, the way that you do it is you send a small team to your location, or if it's like something that you're building in CGI or whatever, you build you build your mm-hmm. scene first. And you right. can go capture it three-dimensionally, every little blade of grass, everything from every angle. only takes a couple guys to do that. And then you wow. basically bring your location or your set back to the studio. And uh, the easiest way to describe it is kind of like the holodeck or whatever. Um, right. And, and so the actor then is you gets placed in this virtual scene. And, uh, and they, can, uh, they can do their performance and everything. And you can have everything going on. Um, in the background, you don't need real extras. You can have digital extras. You can, mm-hmm. you know, if you need to, if they're, when you if, say digital extras though, I mean, but will they look life like, or are they going to look like CGI type creation or, or how would that work? Yeah. Well, trying I mean, to imagine this. Yeah. So right now there's not a huge library of digital extras. So there's mm-hmm. like a, there's a finite supply of them because this is new okay. technology. But so those libraries are growing and, and eventually you'll just have kind of like, you know, basically like stock footage, but there'll be like stock extras and, and wow. you can and, and you can change their clothes. You can change their hair. You, you can you know, they're, they're really virtual human beings. Right. Um, and uh, and if you want to capture your extras. And so like this, this is a perfect, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, social distancing example instead of being <laughs> on a set right. with. 50 extras and these huge stars and everything you can just shoot those extras one by one or, or shoot all the extras at once and then bring your stars in later. Um, and, and so you can really kind of like create layers uh, of that content. And if you, that, need to, that, that, that really reminds me about how, like, for example, music's produced. I love my guitars. I love my music. We just had Jack Douglas in here a couple weeks ago and he was explaining some of the recording process about how, you know, you're essentially doing like the layers of music, you know, one instrument mm-hmm. at a time, things like that. Uh, so that's kind of what you're doing, but with the visual aspect of it as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Awesome. How yeah, many companies are, are using that technology today? I mean, this isn't proprietary, I assume, or is it? Um, well, 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 the the way that we're doing it is proprietary, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so uh, we, we're kind of taking. There's a few studios that exist right now um, that are doing things at a very high level. Um, there's an Intel studio over in El Segundo. There's a Microsoft studio that just moved up, like far into the valley. Okay. Um, there's there's a a big one out of uh, England, and uh, and then there's a bunch of like smaller ones that do that use these techniques to kind of do music videos or uh, it like it's really great for motion captures because okay. you don't need you don't need to have like the ping pong balls on on the suit anymore. You can just right, right, people right. And, and they get changed into whatever you need to change them into. Uh, 
so so in that regard there, there's a fair number of them um there's only maybe like a handful that can really do things at a high level okay and and so uh you know so so those i mean while they're kind of our competition um, because we're actually extending what the what the software can do and, and what the right. technology can do um they're probably going to wind up licensing our product down the road anyway because okay. uh, it's a huge improvement Right. So it is in a way proprietary. And, and that really makes sense because I can see then where your love for tech uh, collides with your love for production and entertainment and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that that's pretty, pretty cool. Do you think, though, that I mean, obviously, that solution is going to be ready for a quarantine type world, but. What other changes are you seeing because of this pandemic? What other trends are out there in the entertainment industry? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying to kind of squid fit, fit a square peg in a in a round hole, you know? Yep. And and they're like, Oh, well, we'll go shoot in Iceland. Iceland, you know, created their COVID compliant rules for production. Uh, kind of before anybody else, and there, and there are all these shows that decide to go up there, and they you know up their budgets and stuff in order to be compliant with all those rules and everything. And they got up there, and they realized that they couldn't they they couldn't do it, and so nah. you know a lot most of those productions like had to stop. Why again. couldn't they and, do it? Because they it weren't re- able to stay compliant, or other it issues. Was, it was just too expensive to do it that way. Like okay. they, I, the one that the one specific one, I'm forgetting uh, the title, but they. Uh, they decided to move it to Iceland and shoot it up there, and uh, and they had all the uh, you know they had all the rules from the guild and everything they were complying with, and they I think they had upped their budget by like forty percent, okay, and, which is which is you know huge on, on something like this, and uh, right, and and they had to stop it because they were blowing past that in the first wow. week of shooting, so. Yeah, and don't quote me on all those numbers. It's it, you know, it's just kind of like what what you. I'm gonna put it in the fun. description, Todd. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. It's like, it'll come back. It'll come back to me, and, and I'll be like, "Selling like man." <laughs> <laughs> Todd, Tiger Pig said this, but yeah. no, that that's really really interesting. And you know, what other pivots have you? I mean, you, you told us that your your personal struggle with your business of. You know, trying to get the funding with this new technology, but yeah. as a small business owner, are there any other pivots you have had to make because of the global pandemic? Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a ton. I well, I mean, all our meetings are now virtual meetings, and mm-hmm. um, and and that's something where um, Hollywood in particular is really about relationships. And um, if if you don't already have that relationship with some of these folks, it's hard to, you know, capture that rapport over right. over Zoom or whatever. And and so I think that also is is you know it might not be like keeping us from doing the business, but it's definitely making it a slower and more you know um, it's making it a slower and more tedious process. Right. I mean, the the in-person, you know, meet and greet to where you can really charm a person, it's very hard to do that throughout email or even on a video call. I mean, mm-hmm. they, 
you kind of have to meet a person and then you get the vibe from the person and then, you know, hopefully everything kind of connects and, and fits together. So we do have to start getting wrapped up. Do you have any final words of wisdom out there for people? I know you have well, many. <laughs> lots of words. Um, you know what? I think the, the most important thing for me, you know, being able to kind of segue from one industry to another and, and also being able to sort of remain on the bleeding edge uh, right. of, of, of what's happening. What, you know, and, and I think it was kind of like baked into my DNA, but you know, very early on as a BMX rider, mm-hmm. I had to learn how to take risks. Yeah. You know, I, you had, you had to be smart with your risk taking and, uh, and know that you're going to fall down. You know that you're not yeah. going to succeed 100 percent of the time, and and uh, and so you got to, you know, with taking those risks, you have to learn how to fall, how to get up, dust yourself off, and try again. And and so I think more than anything else, that is the thing that has propelled me forward and allowed me to succeed and not get you know just discouraged or quit or go take a nine to five or whatever right. because because that's just baked into me. And, uh, and I think it's something that people can learn. I know I learned it. I wasn't like a huge natural talent at BMX. Right. A lot of guys are, and they usually like wind up quitting as soon as they get a car or girlfriend or whatever. And, and some of us had to, had to really work. <laughs> you at quit it, you know? being a BMX star because you get a girlfriend. Is it really like oh, but, that? Oh, well back, you know, before it was popular, you know, oh, like, yeah, so, back, I guess. so yeah. back in the day, you got, I remember, I remember in high school, I asked this girl out and, and she's like, what are you going to take me out on your handlebars or your bike? <laughs> it was just like, it's like, I have a car, you know what? Like, you know, it's fine. I can pick you up in the That's car. Funny. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So figuring out, you know, kind of like, you know, what your passion is, what, what your goal is and everything is really important. But then also, you know, knowing that it's not just going to like magically happen. You got to work at it. Mm-hmm. You got to fail at it. You got to come back for more. Um, that's probably the single most important thing. I, I think um, I, I, I'd like to add something in there because I mean, you just can't do it knowing that you're going to fail. I mean, yeah, you're going to fail sometimes. But I think the big step that's missing in between there, to me at least personally, is you have to be able to self-evaluate with everything you do, whether it's successful or failure, because Mm -hmm. you have to say, hey, what worked and what didn't work? So that way you can point out the good with the bad Mm -hmm. to keep doing something that's good going forward and not do something, you know what I mean? Without that evaluation, yeah. I think it's hard. I'm a big fan of the postmortem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, you know, whenever we have a team and uh, if we, you know, even, even if you knock it out of the park, it's a good idea to go and sit down and figure out like what worked. I mean, right. it, I think it, a lot of people don't do the postmortem on something that they hit a home run on out of the park. They just kind of, well, I didn't lose it. We're good. I did everything perfect. But realistically, even if you hit a home run, you probably had a minor misstep here or there that Mm -hmm. if you realize that going forward, you can hit another home run that much easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you you understand the mechanics that are happening when they're happening Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to do a postmortem and go – Oh, you know, that, that was when it happened. 
the next time you come back to it, you you know you, you you're coming in with your eyes open, and you, and you can you can kind of uh, expect you know how how somebody's mm-hmm. going to react or how you know a situation is going to evolve, and and uh, and so that's just experience, and and so uh, you know what I, I, I'll leave you this. Hold on a second, I get that. It was watering a little. Um, so so there's I, I had that effect on people, Todd. Yeah, yeah, oh, I got all misty. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so there, there's a, this is a quote, and I actually went back. Uh, I there was I I first heard it from a uh, a base jumper in a in a wingsuit flyer, yeah. yep. uh, who who I was working on a on a commercial with years ago when I I did stunt work on commercials and movies uh-huh. and TV shows and stuff too on on my bike. So so we were doing like a Mountain Dew commercial or something, and 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 he was sitting sitting. You know, just just in the we're in the trailer compound or whatever, just you know, shooting the shit, and and he's like, uh, he goes, uh, and then this is he he actually later recounts this in, in a documentary that I saw, which is what reminded me of the quote, and I'm like, oh, I got to remember that, um, but it's actually it goes back to pilots, and it's a thing that pilots use to describe um, becoming a really good, competent pilot, and they say when when you first start out, you have two buckets, mm-hmm. one for luck and one for experience. <laughs> your luck bucket is full. And so every time you do something, you take one chip out of your luck bucket and you put it in okay. your experience bucket. At a certain point, just through like the odds of success and failure and everything else, um, your luck bucket is empty and all you have to rely on is experience. Yeah. And so I think that's really important. And, and a lot of people don't get that. They just think they're good at what they do or whatever. And, and that's enough. And it's really not. Right. You, you have to you have to kind of keep growing, keep learning, you know, maintain that that same uh, rigorous level of uh, reinventing yourself in order oh, yeah. to stay competitive. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's one of the reasons why I ended up starting this this podcast. You know, I haven't been able to network, can't get out, can't do like I was doing out there in L.A. with events or anything. And I still want to grow as a professional by meeting people. And I started this show and it was like, hey, look, I'm going to take everybody else with me on this ride. And I hope that it's reaching a lot of people and helping them grow. So, Todd, how can people get in touch with you? Um, TigerPigEntertainment.com is there you probably go. the easiest way. And uh, you know, I'm also on every form of social media there is, except for TikTok. I never got into TikTok. But, um, yeah, you should do TikToks. Well, well, I understand that you know Trump's taking it down in the states anyway, so I don't know how <laughs> eager I am to. Well, apparently, I just saw Walmart and Microsoft are working together to buy it. So it, yeah, it, it, that's the craziest mashup I think. Two dinosaur companies that are buying like this young hip thing. It's kind of crazy, ironic. I view it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's that's kind of how it works. It's like you know the 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 big fish. Gobbles up the the nimble, spry, good-looking little, you know, little young fish. And so I mean, I guess Microsoft alive. does own LinkedIn, so maybe mm-hmm. it does. They do have a social media play there. I guess it, it's interesting. Be very interesting to see where that all goes. But I will put the link down in the description so people can find your website. Hey, Todd, thank you so much for being here. It's been a great chat. And I look forward to having you back once this is all done so you can tell us about all those great deals that you made. It sounds like a great idea. Thank you so much, David. I really <laughs> no, have a lot no of problem. Good seeing you. 
You have good seeing you too, bud. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. XBMXer. I I really love talking with Todd. Great man. And as you could tell, very much an intellectual. And I got to say, anytime you can sneak Baby Yoda into a conversation, you know it's a good convo, right? <laughs> Seriously, as you all know, I try to highlight individuals, their career, their transformation, all that good stuff. How crazy was it? To go from PMXer that was successful to working in tech and production in the entertainment industry. Pretty rocking story. In fact, as we release this episode, the Mandalorian 2 trailer has actually dropped. So Todd was absolutely correct. The production of that didn't stop because of the way... They film it using a technology that's very similar to what Todd's company offers. Personally, me, you all know this, I'm fascinated by technology. I'm a huge fan of finding out how things work and all come together. The entertainment industry has always been at the forefront of technology. Look at Star Wars when released with all their special effects to even some more modern shows. Even shows here on YouTube. There's a lot of cool stuff, and the technology that Todd has sounds like it can take this all to the next level beyond. And again, similar to how the Mandalorian is made. Some really cool stuff is coming, I feel, once all these social issues work out and and Todd's company's truly able to ramp up. Another cool point hearing from Todd is about the relationship aspect. It is hard to make new relationships and friendships today. Even if you're on a Zoom call, really building a relationship with somebody is tough. Virtual networking is something that most of us have not figured out. And even if you have, chances are the others on the call have not. It is slowing people like Todd from really being able to excel with his company. This was a fun video. I love these discussions, pop culture, all that great stuff. Good conversation. What did you think? So today we're going to ask a fun question for discussion. What is your all-time favorite special effects-based movie? Think something like Star Wars, uh, you know, something in that degree. Comment down below. Let's chat about it and let's have some fun today. Do you want to be a guest on the show? Got a good business story? You want to talk about how your business pivoted during quarantine? Shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. Once again, I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and I'll see you next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 